How is everybody doing this morning on this long weekend? Are you doing good? Have you had some vacation yet this year? Some of you, ha- how many of you have some upcoming vacation? All right. I just want to warn any of the husbands in the room, if you think you're going on vacation and it's some sort of staycation, that there's a honeydew list as long as you can imagine. And so I've been doing that most of July, just hanging out around the house. Nicole and I made a couple day trips, spent a little, a few days out of town uh, visiting our daughter down the States. But, you know, if you have ever painted your kitchen cabinets, wow. Like, you know, we thought this would be easy. And Nicole had like a, our process is like sanding, fill the gaps, sanding, fill more gaps, sanding, primer, sanding, primer, paint. It just goes on forever. And uh, so we've been doing that off and on all throughout the month, but our kitchen cabinets are going to look amazing uh, in a couple weeks. We're still not done yet, but we've, <laughs> we've, we've had a great time resting. How about this VBS? I am so excited about what we did this past week. You know, I came in Monday morning and the church looked so great and just so much energy. Our team was amazing. Ruth and Robin did a great job leading the way this week. I just think this is such a great eternal investment um, in our city kids. I'm just so excited just getting started with what we're doing uh, with VBS and we'll have it for many years to come. All right. You guys had a great time this last month with so many great speakers investing into you and uh, so many different great voices. And we're just going to start a brand new series this morning called Renew and Reflect. Now, when we think about the idea of renew or the principle of renew, we know that daily our lives are renewed. If we go to sleep at night at a proper hour and our bodies are refreshed, we are renewed. And then weekly, The scripture would tell us that we should be Sabbathing, that we should be setting time aside for rest, that we shouldn't be working seven days a week, that we should on a Sabbath day, and again, it doesn't necessarily have to be Saturday as it would be prescribed in the scripture, but we're not supposed to be working all of the time. We're supposed to be setting time aside to rest, rejuvenate, and to realize that our source is God, not me, not just the job that I can do these other five, six days of the week, but I'm remembering and putting time aside to be like, oh, God is my source. And then yearly, we should be having holidays and vacation. Tomorrow, we have a holiday um, in our province, this, this uh civic holidays, actually named very different things all across Canada. I looked it up. Each province kind of has its own name. But the origin of holidays is actually from the scripture, holy day, holiday, that we would take a break from our normal activities of life, set these times aside so that we can be renewed. And God wants us to be renewed. He wants us to be ready in our lives. He doesn't want us to live depleted, struggling, constantly in a state of tiredness, constantly in a state of busyness, because he wants us to prepare for what's upcoming, for some upcoming battle. Jesus said that we are going to have tribulation in this world. Now, that doesn't mean that he's setting tribulation in our way. We know God is a good God. But we're going to face stuff because we live in a broken world. And if we live in the state of being renewed and refreshed, we can be ready for whatever battle comes our way. So we can be rested physically, but we also need to be ready spiritually. The same principles are true because we have this responsibility to reflect what God is doing in us to the world. All of the good things that God does in us, he wants to do through us. He wants to renew us spiritually, physically, in every possible way. And that he wants us to reflect that goodness to those around us, to the world around us. So this word renew 
simple terms of definition, it just means to be restored. It means to change. It means to refresh. It means to make new spiritually. It means to bring back again, that we would be renewed, that we would be made new, that we know that our relationship with God from the beginning, this term being born again, it means to be refreshed, renewed, changed on the inside. But this is, should be a constant in our lives. It's not just a one-time moment where we say yes to Jesus, but we should be renewed, like I said, daily, weekly, yearly, all of these different times in our lives. And we see that the scripture um, what, what's great about the scripture that God shows us different ways that he renews us. And what's beautiful about the scripture, it just exposes to us human nature and how corrupt it can be and how difficult it can be. And this is what's great, again, as we look back in the scripture, it doesn't show us all of these Old Testament people, men and women who just lived perfect lives and made a bunch of mistakes just like us. But we see that God restored them and he renewed them so that they could go on to the next season of life. That God restores, he redeems, he brings us back. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says this. But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The Lord will renew our strength physically, spiritually, every way. God wants us to be renewed. Why? So we can mount up with wings like eagles. In other words, this is figurative language. We're going to actually fly, but we're going to be ready to go to the next season of life, that we're going to run and not be weary, not necessarily physically running, although that's a good idea for exercise, that we're able to run to the battle that's going to be in front of us, that we're going to walk we're going to not faint. We're going to be renewed. We're going to be reminded of the fact that God constantly wants us to be renewed. So as we start out this series today, we're going to remind ourselves about some certain things. We're going to receive communion together at the end of service as we celebrate God's goodness. So God wants to make us new on the inside so that something will show up on the outside. How many know that's important? To not just to remain on the inside, it actually should be reflected in our lives. He wants to make us new so we can walk in his goodness and show his goodness to others in our lives. We have to be made new and restored and be changed so that we can bring a restoration and change to others. We need to experience it first, walk in it first, so that we can then minister it to others. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 says this, Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away or we are getting older. Now, I know this is hard for you in the room, some of you in the room that are younger. It's hard to imagine your bodies getting older, right? You know, you're in perfect condition. We have a runner here on the front row, long distance runner, never gets tired. One day, (laughs) it will be different. So outwardly, we're all getting older. But the scripture tells us, see, inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. The spiritual strength, again, it's not bad to exercise. We should exercise and we should be doing something physically for our bodies. But we can, be, we can have muscles and we could be ripped on the outside and we could do some long distance running, which again, all good things to do. But spiritually... When we face something difficult, when we face something that hits our emotions, when we face something that's a roadblock in our lives, 
our muscles, which are good to have, aren't going to help us in those situations. We need to be renewed inwardly. Outwardly, we're getting older. But inwardly, we can be renewed day by day. And this is why we see people who have been walking with God for decades and decades. Their bodies look older, but inwardly, they're strong. Inwardly, they're serving God. Inwardly, they're saying, hey, you can get through. Inwardly, they are encouraging others to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes on not what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen... It's temporary. Everybody say temporary. temporary. The things that you're facing and going through and the battles that you're in, they're temporary. They're not hanging around all of the time. But what is unseen is eternal. So that's why we need to be renewed day by day. And again, this is why we want you to pray all of the time. Spend time with God every day. Spend time in the word of God every day so that you can be renewed. Because these things on the inside, this growing faith, this growing heart that you have, this growing relationship with God, this thing is eternal. It will last forever. This body that you have is not going to last forever. Thank God we're going to have a glorified body one day. But this body is getting old and it's wasting away. But inwardly, this relationship with God, the strength, this inner strength that God wants to renew in us all of the time will carry us through life so that we can reflect his goodness to others around us. Here in the Old Testament, uh, the prophet Joel, he's prophesying during a time of exile and disaster and judgment. And when when they would face all of these different things, they would face famine sometimes and they would face drought sometimes, not like us this summer. But he was looking at the state of Israel and he was prophesying out to them. And he said to this, be glad, O children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the early, and the, la- the early rain for your vindication. And he's poured down for you an abundant rain, the early and the latter rain as before. So the early rain was the setup so the crops would grow. And then the latter rain would be something right before the harvest time. So these things represent to us an abundance, or they represent to us God's blessing. The threshing floor shall be full of grain, and the vat shall overflow with wine and oil. And then he says this, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter, my great army, which I send among you. I will restore. Everybody say, the years. You know, sometimes we, we find ourselves in a battle and another battle shows up and another battle shows up and another thing goes on. And then here in these verses, it's like God is restoring years to us. He is renewing to us years. And sometimes, again, when we're waiting for something, that when we've trusted God for something and it doesn't show up tomorrow and it's seemingly years and then in reality, it's years for us. What is God doing? What is God doing? He is restoring. He is renewing. He is bringing it back. He is changing. Can we have this expectation today? Truly, we can. God is wanting to do something in our hearts to renew us so that these these years, these difficult things, because life was going to be difficult for a while, but God restores. And again, God is not the author 
of those difficulties. God is not the author of tribulation. God is not the author of evil in your life, but God is a restorer. He is the one that brings us back. He restores faith in our hearts with words. And then today we're gonna talk about healing for our bodies, that he restores our bodies. Now he starts with words that build faith in our heart. And we're gonna see this in some of the stories that we look at today. We're gonna look at three different stories about healing in Jesus' ministry. Now, we know, if you know anything, and even if this is your first day at church, you know that Jesus is famous for healing, that Jesus is famous for miracles, but we can see some amazing details in these stories about who these people were, what their sickness was, and sometimes how long they were sick, and then we can see Jesus' response to these situations, because Jesus is wanting them to be renewed. But again, when we put our faith in Jesus' words, this is going to make a difference for us. Because again, these conversations that he's having with these individuals are meant to elicit faith in their heart and then subsequently in our heart. That we can be renewed on the inside so we can be renewed on the outside that we could experience the same physical healing that we see in Jesus' ministry, that we could see in the scripture. Amen. Can I get an amen this morning? Amen. Amen. So we know something about healing. What do we know about healing? That we know that specifically healing is already built into our bodies. It's built into creation. Has anyone ever cut your hand? I I cut my hand the other day in one of my jobs that Nicole gave me. And it was bleeding, but right now, it's almost completely healed. Now, how many of you know that it, wouldn't, it doesn't just bleed and bleed and bleed and bleed and bleed? What happens? Eventually, it heals over. So we know that healing is built into creation. It's built into our bodies. You know, thank God for doctors and what they do. But you know that surgeons, specifically, you know, they do great damage to your body initially. Now, if they're going in there to cut something out, thank God for that. But what do they do? They sew you back up. And then what do they expect? They expect your body to heal itself. They're not standing over the incision afterwards and doing some sort of doctor voodoo. No, they've cut you. Right? And then what happens? The healing in your body that God has put there starts to take place and and scabs roll over. And then you don't actually see the place where you used to bleed. Now, we know that there's sometimes that things attack our body and then our, thank God for our immune system, that our immune system attacks those things. But there's things that go beyond our natural immunity. There's things that go beyond what doctors can do. And what should we think? Are we just hopeless? Is it all over? Or should we know that the God who created our bodies knows how to fix them? That God has healing power and we see this happening in Jesus' ministry. That there's renewing power of God that starts on the inside of us and can affect our bodies. He wants us to be well. God doesn't want us to walk around sick. He wants us to be well so that we can minister the healing power of God to somebody else. The scripture says to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So we need to have this expectation that we can trust God for healing for our bodies. Can I get an amen? Amen. And again, this laying hands on the sick, this isn't just for the famous preaching evangelists out there. This is for you and I, this is for everybody. 
We could pray for ourselves and then we could pray for others. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And that laying hands on the sick doesn't have to be dramatic. You don't have to rub the hair off of somebody's head for the power of God to move. We don't need extra drama. We just need the power of God in action. We can just trust God. Are you with me this morning? So let's trust God today. Is anybody facing anything in your body today that's like a struggle or it's a pain or it's a difficulty and something that could just have been around for a really long time? We can have faith right now. We could put our trust in God. So let's read some of these stories and let our faith grow today. Matthew chapter 8. Verse one says this, when Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Before we continue with the story, we know what's the end of the story before we get there. The man gets healed, right? This is what we see with the people coming to Jesus who were sick. Jesus heals them. And so this should change our hearts. It should put, have us put faith in God that we can trust God. Jesus came down from the mountainside, spending time with God. And there's this large crowd there, and a man comes. This big, huge crowd. And this is what happens to us sometimes. Sometimes we just feel like we're lost in the crowd. Does God really know my circumstances? Does, it, does God really know my pain? There's a big crowd, there's big churches, there's so many people at church this morning. There's so many different circumstances in the room. Maybe God is busy at the Vatican this morning that he can't be here with us in Mississauga. There's a crowd, but then there's a man and he just comes right to Jesus. And Jesus doesn't say, no, 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 I'm just here for the crowds. He has a conversation with the man that Jesus with you this morning, wants to interact with you. He's not too busy. He can, be, he can be everywhere, all the time, all at once by his spirit. And he knows your situation. He, he knows your circumstance. He hasn't left you alone. He knows your name. There's a crowd, but then there's a man. There's a person. And that's you this morning. That you and I today, we couldn't put our faith in Jesus in this moment. And like this man, this is the, uh, a conversation. This man has leprosy, a terrible disease. Having to live outside the city, couldn't be with your family all alone. Comes to him, kneels before him and says, Lord, if you are willing, I know you can make me clean. I know you can do this, Lord but I'm not sure if you actually want to. I'm not sure if it's something that you would decide to do because I know you have power. We know that God has power. But here this guy's question is, I don't actually know if you want to do something for me. Again, the crowd, it's busy. There's people and it's just me. A little old me with my problems that seemingly have been around forever. We don't know how long this man has suffered with this. What did Jesus say? One more verse. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. And what is his response? 
I am willing. Again, in the midst of the crowd, Jesus touched the one person, the you and I today, by his spirit that he could touch us all. He knows who we are. I mean, I don't know if you really want to do something for me today. What is his answer? I'm willing. This man came right up to Jesus, a little bit confused. Jesus clarified some things for him. Should be clear for us. He answers, I am willing. And he touched the man. What does he say? Be clean. Immediately he was cleansed from his leprosy. That you and I today, in this moment, in this church, in this building, can receive a touch from heaven. That God can renew us. Do we, do we expect it? Do we expect to be renewed? Do we have faith? Do we have any trust that we can be renewed? Or are we just like, oh, this, this is who I am. This is my situation. This is my circumstance. And like this man, we could be like, well, I am just a leper. And you take your identity from the stuff that you're going through. And we look at our circumstances and we look at how long it's been. And sometimes we just don't expect any changes. It's year after year. What did Joel say that God would do? He would restore uh, year after year. God would restore. He would renew. Here is the situation. This guy's life has been changed forever. John chapter 5. Verse one, another story of healing in Jesus' ministry. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem from one of the Jewish festivals. Now there was in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which is in Aramaic is called Bethesda, which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. Everybody say 38 years. Do we have any 38-year-olds in the room? All right, we got a few. One. Your whole life this person was sick. How many of you know you might just give up? It's like, well, I guess this is just my lot in life. I guess this is just going to weigh the way it's going to be for me. And again, we start to tell ourselves this story, but God wants to break into that narrative. And he wants you to put faith in what he says instead of the story you are telling yourself about your brokenness and your situation and your past and the length of time this, 38 years. How many of you know this guy needs a new story? And Jesus is about to insert his words and his power into this person's story and change it forever. Thirty-eight years, verse six. When Jesus saw him lying there, and learned what he had been in this in this condition for a long time. Now listen to what Jesus says. He asked him, "Do you want to get well?" Jesus. Why are you asking foolish questions? Now, let's think about that for a second. Does Jesus ask foolish questions? No, purposeful questions. He learned, he found out that this guy had been 38 years. And he says to him, 
Do you want to get well? Why does he ask him that question? Because some people are just happy in their mess. It's, what else would I have to talk about? What would I tell people? I get all this attention. This happens and this happens because I'm sick. Because I'm this, because I've gone through this. And I get all of this extra attention because of my past. But Jesus comes in the middle of that and says, do you want to get well? And we have to have the want to. The desire to move past our past, to move past the thing that's been with us for decades. Because Jesus is asking an intentional question here in this moment. Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool. When the water is stirred, while I'm there, someone gets in when someone else goes in ahead of me. So again, they believed about this pool, that the first one in the pool, after water was stirred, that person would get healed. This is what they believed about this pool. And so this man is like, I don't have anybody to help me. I don't have a person. But what is Jesus wanting him to do in this moment? Jesus is wanting him to look to God in this moment, not just what somebody else can do for him. Verse eight, Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. Once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was the Sabbath. The writer has this in here on purpose. And the early listeners would be shocked that this was on the Sabbath because nothing happens on the Sabbath. We're not supposed to be healing people on the Sabbath. Somehow this is work. But how many of you know that healing is no work for God? It is just who he is. So the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The Jewish leaders are always missing the point. Instead of celebrating with the guy that he's now healed after 38 years, you're like, uh, it's the Sabbath, friend. <laughs> the law forbids you to carry your mat. Bro, you are missing the point. This guy got healed. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick up Pick it up and walk. The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Verse 14. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning, or something worse will happen to you. The man went his way and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. Who made him well? Jesus, Jesus did. Can we put our faith in Jesus today? Trust him? All right, one more story, and then we're gonna receive communion today. Luke 5, verse 17. One day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village and from Judea and Jerusalem. Again, the same leaders are not there to receive from God. They're there to be critics and skeptics. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. That's a good thing, right? 
Now, we know the end of the story, that only one person got healed. But here, the scripture is telling us the power of Jesus, the power of God was with Jesus, specifically here to heal the sick. And only one person got healed. The rest were critics and skeptics. But instead of being a critic and a skeptic, why don't we put our trust in Jesus today and how strong his power is, not how long it's been. You know how long it's been. Don't put your faith in that. Let's put our faith in Jesus. Some men carrying a paralyzed man on a mat tried to take him into the house to lay before Jesus. Now, why couldn't they get in? Because the critics and the skeptics were there. When they could not find a way in to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof. They lowered him down on his mat through the tiles in the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. We all need friends like this. This is what church is for. One of the things church is for. Hey, let's take this to Jesus. We're like the Jesus group, right? Jesus has power. Jesus saved. Jesus forgives. He gives us grace. Your friends, your good godly friends will take you to Jesus. Thank God for that. When Jesus saw their faith, he could see their faith. That they persisted, that they got their friend right in front of Jesus. They didn't get to the outside of the house. I'm like, okay, I guess it's God's will that you don't get healed today because you can't get in the room. Let's go home. Making up crazy theology. What do they say? We're going to get him there. Let's go up on the roof. Let's put him down in front of Jesus. Jesus saw their faith. He said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is it easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? What is the answer to that rhetorical question? For God, it is the same. Forgive sins and he heals bodies. This is what he does. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take up your mat, go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Why did they see some remarkable things that day? It's because four friends got their friend to Jesus. And placing our lives And Jesus' hands changes us eternally. But he renews our hearts. He speaks words so that we can trust his words. And then specifically, so we can experience God's healing power. Let's receive communion together today. The elements are there underneath the seat in front of you, or if you're on the front row by the leg of your chair, 
If you are a follower of Jesus and you are visiting with us this morning, we invite you to receive communion with us today, but you don't have to feel pressure to do so. Again, just to remind you of the instructions, there's that top cellophane piece. You can open that up and then just hold the wafer in your hand. Luke twenty-two nineteen. here, Jesus, at the Last Supper. Verse 19, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So why are we supposed to do this? Why are we supposed to hold a physical piece of bread in our hands and remind ourselves about who Jesus is? Because we know that Jesus, the scripture tells us in Isaiah 53, that Jesus took stripes on his back, that his back, his body was broken so ours could be healed. And this physical thing reminds us of a spiritual truth. That Jesus is a healer. Do this in remembrance of me. So like the man on the mat and the end of the 38 year person with the disease and the man with the leprosy they all came to Jesus and we are going to come to Jesus right now so let's pray God we thank you for Jesus that he is our healer God you told us to do this in remembrance of you and who you are We thank you, Lord, that you took stripes on your back so our body could be healed. By your stripes, we are healed. So we come to you today. No matter how long it's been, no matter how hard the struggle is, and we know that you answer to us like you answered the leper, that you are willing. So we put our trust in you today. We put our faith in you today, Lord. We open ourselves up to your healing power from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. We thank you, Lord, that your power is greater than any sickness and disease. We receive your power this morning, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you heal us because you love us. And then you heal us because of what Jesus has done, not because of our goodness. So we trust you today, Lord. God, you also said that you bind up the brokenhearted. So if there's somebody here this morning who has a broken heart, gone through a difficult relational season, we thank you, Lord, that you are the one that heals human hearts. Again, we just breathe in your power today, Lord. We receive your goodness. We receive your healing power. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's eat together. I'm gonna open up the bottom portion. Verse 20. And likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Again, to do this in remembrance of Jesus. Scripture tells us without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Our sins are washed away. 
And in that last story you read, Jesus forgives sins. This is who God is. God is God of mercy. If we can look at our past, if we can look at our struggles, and we can look at all the mistakes that we've made, we never want to hide any of those things from God, that we want to bring those to God, confess those to him. And what does he do? He forgives. When we've broken his law, when we've messed up, that we always run to God for healing, run to God for forgiveness. Let's pray today. God, we thank you for the blood of Jesus, that it washes away our sin, that it washes away our past, that our past mistakes no longer define us, but your love and mercy do, that you call us your children. So we come to you today with our sins, with our mistakes. We confess those to you. God, we thank you that you forgive us, that you wash away our sin. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's drink together. One more thing before we go this morning, if you are here today and you have never made that first time decision to say yes to Jesus, the gospel, the good news is all about what Jesus has done for us, that he came, he lived a sinless life, he died on the cross. God raised him from the dead. Because all of that happened, God just offers us the gift of a relationship with himself. And all we have to do to that offer is say yes. We can't pretend that we're perfectly moral people because none of us are. Scripture says that all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we can't create some sort of religion and offer that to God. Now, the scripture tells us that God has come down in Christ and made a way for us. And he offers us this gift of righteousness. Righteousness just means right standing with God. And we don't qualify for that in any other way other than just saying, yes, I received the gift. So if that's you this morning, I'm gonna pray a prayer here in a second. I invite you to pray along with me. Or maybe you're here this morning and you said yes to Jesus a while ago and maybe you feel distant from God this morning. Maybe something happened that you really feel distant from God this morning. You know, God is not mad at you. God is inviting you close to himself again. I invite you to pray along with me as well. So church, let's all bow our heads and close our eyes and pray this out loud with somebody who might be praying it for the first time or rededicating their life to Christ. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross and you raised him from the dead so I could know you. So today I say yes to that relationship. I say yes to your righteousness. God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways and I turn from my own. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Amen. Come on, let's give it up for anyone who made that decision for the first time this morning. Hey, if that was you, if you made a commitment to follow Christ for the first time, or if you just rededicated your life again, we want to encourage you to take the Connect card in the seat pocket in front of you. Uh, fill it out and, and check off the boxes as I've decided to follow Jesus. Turn that in into the info desk right there in the main lobby. We have a team that's going to greet you with a big smile and celebrate you with a huge decision you just made. So well, they just want to partner with you and give you some resources for this new journey of faith that you're on. It's one of the greatest decisions you'll ever make in your whole entire life. We're so excited to partner with you as you kind of just chase after what God has for you. Hey, City Church, are you excited that you came to church on a long weekend this Sunday? It's good to be here. It's good to be with you. I invite you all to stand to your feet as we kind of get ready to go here. If you came to church this morning hoping for someone to pray with you or for you, some of our leaders, they're making their way down to the front of the stage right now. Come um, right after uh, services is missed. Feel free to come up to any one of them. They'd be more than happy to pray with you and for you this morning. Well, hey, City Church, enjoy your long weekend. As Pastor Brent said, let's just kind of, you know, orient our hearts and get renewed and let the Spirit do what he, he can do as we head into our long weekend. We invite you to be back with us next Sunday at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. We love you so much. Have a great long weekend, City. You are dismissed.